0: Welcome to Frontline Nursing, a podcast about frontline nurses in the COVID-19 era. Each month, we provide the tools nurses need to navigate the challenges they face during a pandemic. We will cover the state of the science, self-care, and other critical topics. My name is Dr. Raina Litorno, and I am your host. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Frontline Nursing, Mentorship to Empower Nurses. Our guest for this episode is Frances Wright. Frances Wright graduated with her Bachelor of Science degree in nursing from the University of Rhode Island in 2011. Frances worked as an inpatient bedside nurse for over eight years in specialty areas such as cardiothoracic ICU and step down, labor and delivery, and inpatient oncology and hospice. Frances earned her end of life doula professional certificate in 2018 and completed the internationally taught eight week mindfulness based stress reduction course in 2019. Also in 2019 and again in 2020, Frances served on a medical mission team providing care to people in Haiti. In February 2020, Frances quit her job at the hospital to pursue her own business with the focus on helping nurses find happiness and fulfillment in their nursing careers, something she struggled with her career at the bedside. Frances wants to empower nurses to think outside the box of what is possible for them in their nursing careers. Frances now works as a nurse career mentor whose mission is to make the process of navigating nursing careers within the profession easier for nurses. Frances does this through offering free resources on her social media channels, hosting a nurse interview series on Instagram, and through a mentorship program she created for nurses called the Career Alignment Mentorship. Welcome, Frances, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's start by talking about some of the problems in nursing, specifically for nurses at the bedside. We know that nurses are typically on their feet for long hours, usually 12 or 16-hour shifts, often without breaks. We know that the majority of nurses report putting the needs of their patients ahead of their own needs. Nurses often work short, meaning there are many times that there aren't enough nurses available on the unit, and the nurses who are on the unit usually have to take care of extra patients because of that. And these are just some of the problems that nurses face that can lead to moral distress, burnout, and moral injury. Moral injury, for those who may not know, moral injury is caused by nurses not being able to provide the quality of care that they desire. So Frances, you've been a nurse for 10 years. Have you ever experienced these symptoms of moral distress or burnout during your decade of nursing? Yes, definitely yes. (laughs) many
1: different times. Can you tell us about some of these times? Tell us about your experience. Absolutely. So I first experienced both moral distress and burnout. When I worked in the ICU, I worked on a cardiothoracic ICU for about three and a half years. And I don't think at the time I knew what I was experiencing, but in Reflecting back, I very clearly remember one particular experience. And for a little context, we took care of a a large, number of our patients were heart failure patients, and we would have them immediately post-op after implantation of assistive devices, such as left ventricular assistive devices. And we would consider these patients are more chronic patients that we would be taking care of for a long period of time in the ICU. And I took care of one patient in particular for months, actually. He, I was probably what you would consider one of his primary nurses, And he wasn't doing very great, was not getting to the point where he could transition to a lower level of care. And I actually presented to the nurse practitioner who was covering him Mm -hmm. that I was curious if he could have a palliative care consult because surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, that conversation of end of life hadn't been brought up. And because I was there very often and knew that that hadn't been put on the table. Um, so I had asked for a palliative care consult on this patient that I was taking care of for months. And the nurse practitioner was like, sure, I'll put that in. Not a few hours later, the surgeon canceled the order for palliative care. And the nurse practitioner came back to me and was like, yeah, he is not about that. He does not want to have that conversation. And at that moment, I could very clearly define I was experiencing moral distress just knowing what I knowing that I wanted my patient to have this extra level of support and just feeling kind of not heard or just not kind of having a say in what I thought might be helpful for the patient. So that was very discouraging.
0: So how did you react as the bedside nurse? you went through, I guess, what some would say appropriate chain of command, right? You brought your concerns and advocacy to the providers, and you were really acting in your patient's best interest, but you weren't being heard. So how do you react like that? Or before I even ask, how do you react like from that? Is that something that you experience often not being listened to, or the feeling of not being listened to?
1: Most definitely feeling like my voice was not heard or my voice was not important. So I do feel like that happened often enough that it felt discouraging and to the point where, you know, almost, and I feel bad saying this, but to the point where it's like, well, I'm not even going to bother bringing up that conversation because I know the surgeon is going to turn that down and kind of writing the story before I even, or we even gave it a try. So I definitely think that I experienced that.
0: And we know that experiences like that, that are repetitive for nurses, not being listened to when they're speaking up, when that happens over and over, it can lead to burnout. So, and then one of the things you said that was so key, you didn't know what you were feeling at first. And I think that a lot of our nurses are going through their shifts day after day after day, feeling these signs and symptoms of burnout, but maybe not even recognizing it because they just feel like this is normal. And this is what goes with the job. Would you agree with that? 100%. Yes, yes,
1: yes. That was me. (laughs) And I had mentioned I had felt both moral distress and burnout in the ICU. And when I was reflecting back on the ICU experience, I never identified at that time as being burnt out. But some of the things that I was experiencing was feeling down on myself and my abilities. I left work late a lot. And I thought that something was like, wrong with me. I almost, towards the end of my time in the ICU, kind of disengaged from learning opportunities because I just felt like going to work was as much as I could handle at that time.
0: And those who study burnout will probably realize that these are our classic signs. I guess we would my conversation that i want to have a little bit about now would be how could we have prevented this or could we have prevented this did nursing school prepare you for the realities and the demands of nursing did they teach you about burnout or or maybe instead of putting that negative spin on it let me rephrase that question and ask in nursing school did you learn positive aspects of self-care and resiliency i will
1: say that i Don't feel that nursing school prepared me for kind of the realities and demands of the job. And I remember talking about burnout in nursing school, probably senior year, but I honestly, I honestly feel like it went in one ear and out the other. And I'm like, not proud to say that (laughs) because I was a very diligent student. But I was so focused on graduation and what job I would get after graduating that I don't think the idea of burnout even phased me. And a little side note, just really randomly, I do have proof that we've talked about burnout in nursing school because my mom actually saved all my nursing binders and books. (laughs) And literally just last week, I went through them. Just about a week ago and saw that senior year leadership and professional development class, we had slides on burnout. So I know it was there. But in looking back on my experience, I'm like, uh, I don't think I think it just went in one year and out the other, unfortunately.
0: Well, I kind of think that I'm not surprised to hear you say that. I think there's a lot in the curriculum that, and I'll speak from a faculty role right now, there's a lot in the curriculum that we give our students. But, you know, as a newly licensed nurse or somebody who is about to graduate, you may think that this issue of burnout doesn't even apply to you. If we can generalize our new graduates. They're excited to come into the profession. They just worked so hard to get themselves through rigorous nursing programs, to prepare for the NCLEX examination, to get their license. They're probably so excited to come in and do a good job that they're most likely not thinking that they would be a victim of burnout, that it probably wouldn't even happen to them. So what do you think that we could probably do do differently? If anything, is there, is there anything that we can do on the nursing school side besides just presenting some PowerPoints on burnout during the leadership course? What do you think?
1: So I'm a nerd and I love thinking about this. (laughs) So I have two ideas here with things that could potentially, improve this experience for nursing students. One has to do with a culture shift in nursing school. And then the second is kind of just basically spreading more awareness for the variety of nursing jobs that are out there and what's possible for you in your career. But under the umbrella of like the culture shift and what needs to be addressed or what could be addressed, I think that empowering nurses to pursue the work that they want, I I feel would take some of the pressure off of needing to, or feeling the need to advance to this highest level and get into the ICU. And I personally experienced that myself when I just wanted to be at the top of my class so I could get into this critical care internship And I didn't even stop to think if that was what I wanted, but I was just in this competitive mode in nursing school that I was like, well, that's what I'm supposed to want. And I I got it and I landed there and I was so proud, but it turns out that that wasn't the right fit for me. So I think empowering nurses to pursue the work that they want would be a helpful start.
0: Thank you for saying that, Francis. Thank you for being honest and really giving us your opinion from your point of view of what you thought the expectation was. So you thought in order to be successful as a new graduate nurse, you would have to go into an ICU setting. And I appreciate that. And I think that a lot of students feel that way. And it's not to say that some students can't identify that they truly belong in an ICU. But I, I think that our mentality of you may not be good at nursing, if you go into a different specialty needs to change. So I applaud you for your recommendation to offer students other opportunities, because we know that nursing is full of opportunities, right? Approximately 60% of our nursing workforce practices in a hospital setting at the bedside. And that means 40% of nurses in our workforce have jobs that are not at the bedside. We can start introducing those to our students. So can you give us some examples of career paths in nursing that are not at the bedside?
1: Yes, this is also one of my favorite topics to talk about. There are So many, and I will be the first person to say, I learn about a new type of nursing job every single day. (laughs) So I am like surprised and blown away with everything that I learn is possible for nurses. So a few examples, this one is probably one of the more out there examples but one of the first nurses that I interviewed for my nurse interview series that I have on my Instagram is a nurse who started a sustainable scrub company and that just blows my mind that you know a nurse does know best in what they need in a in scrubs and she just is going out and starting her own business and scrub company a few other examples that aren't necessarily starting a business include I have met a nurse who is a sustainability nurse program manager, so she helps with the sustainability efforts in her healthcare facility. Aesthetics nurse or nurse injector is a nursing role that I get questions about all the time. There are remote nursing roles, so working from home, nurse education, school nursing roles. The list goes
0: on and on. There's so many. Thank you for sharing some of those. Can you also tell us a little bit about your role as a nurse career mentor? Tell us a little bit more about that, please. Absolutely. So I am
1: a nurse career mentor. I help nurses. My job is to help nurses find fulfilling career paths in the nursing profession. And I I will be honest, I have helped nurses look outside of nursing as well for just they were needing a break. And had their vision set elsewhere. So I pride myself on just providing this non-judgmental support for nurses in wherever they want to go, whether it's in nursing or out of nursing. And I I do love sharing and bringing awareness to all the non-bedside and unique nursing roles that are out there because You know, honestly, at one point, I wanted to leave the nursing profession because I was lost and confused and hadn't found where I fit in. So that's where my passion comes from for showing nurses the different opportunities that are out there. And what better way than to showcase other nurses who have these jobs, who love their jobs, to share about their job and for other nurses to learn from them. So That is a big passion and mission of mine is just to share this information of what is available for us out there. And I also share other free resources daily on my social media channels. I have the nurse interview series, which I just referred to as talking with nurses who have these really, really cool jobs. And I tell them every single interview, I'm like almost in tears because I can just feel how much they love their job. And I'm like, you are giving me so much hope for the profession because. I was that person who was so burnt out and lost that I wanted to leave. And now I know that there's so much possible for us within this profession that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a mental breakdown (laughs) in order to be a nurse. There are other ways to do it. And I also have a program that I created to help nurses walk through a five-step process, going from feeling lost and confused and not knowing what they want to do in their career to finding fulfillment and happiness in a job that is possible for them.
0: Thank you for the work that you're doing. I think a lot of people would say that nursing is a calling. So if you're called to this profession, you want to do it. We just have to find the right fit for you to be successful within the profession. So thanks for doing that work. And I think that some of the problems that we mentioned earlier in our conversation are problems in nursing of burnout, moral distress, and the other things have been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic during this past year. But nurses are pushing through these problems because nurses are resilient, because we think that there's nothing else to do. Like if we don't do this, who would? And nurses, just like you mentioned, Don't even realize that what they're feeling is burnout and not normal. So they just keep pushing through. And then when things start to slow down, nurses are going to feel the effects and they may not know what to do and they may feel like they want to leave the bedside or they want to quit nursing like you described a recent report from May of 2021, states that 22% of nurses indicated within the next year, they may leave their current position providing patient care at the bedside. And this loss will be detrimental to our nursing workforce, where there is already a nursing shortage felt in some areas of the country and projected in other areas of the country. So Francis, what advice would you give a nurse who wants to stay in the nursing profession, but just cannot stay at the bedside any longer, what would you say to them? I would say be open and explore your
1: curiosities and don't wait until you are reaching a mental breakdown to switch jobs. I will say that from personal experience. So what I kind of mean by that is start being intentional about what would your next job look like for you? An intentional way that you could go about this job searching process and seeing what else is out there for you. Consider shadowing a nurse in a different role before even committing to that job to see if you like the day-to-day work and the workflow and everything that goes along with it. So those are definitely some things I would say for nurses who want to stay in the profession, but not stay at the bedside
0: necessarily. Thank you. And for nurses who want to take advantage of some of the free resources that you put on your your social media account, um, will you share your Instagram account with us? Absolutely. Thank you for asking.
1: I am at Francis Emily Wright on Instagram and pretty much every other platform of social media. You can find me there on Twitter,
0: on TikTok and on LinkedIn as well. Thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing, Frances, and thank you for being vulnerable and truthful and telling us your experience as a new graduate nurse and through your eight-year career in the bedside, and now thank you for sharing the next steps of your nursing career and all of the good things that you're doing for our nurses and our workforce. I very much appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Raina. I really, really appreciate it, and thank you for your kind words.
0: Do you have any final remarks for our audience? Any final words that you wanted to say? Yes. I
1: would love to just share a little about the fact that nurses encounter a complex set of challenges when it comes to considering non-bedside jobs. I believe that there is a narrative that only real nursing happens in the hospital or that hospital skills are superior there's a fear that nurses will lose their skills if they leave the hospital or taking certain nursing jobs is the easy way out and I think it's important to shift a lot of the aspects of nursing culture with this in order to make it more welcoming and inclusive and just have a non more non-judgmental space where nurses feel like they can thrive in whatever career path that they choose in nursing. Because ultimately there's no one right way to go about your nursing career.
0: I don't think there are truer words than that. So thank you again, Frances, for joining us for this episode of Frontline Nursing. Uh, Your work and your mentorship and your expertise that you're sharing with our nurses is very much appreciated. Thank you so much, Raina. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Frontline Nursing. This podcast is made possible thanks to generous funding by Florida philanthropists, Mr. David Kotak and Ms. Christine Slesinger. If you liked this episode, please check out our educational series, Frontline Nursing During COVID-19, A New Paradigm, presented by the University of South Florida College of Nursing. The Frontline Nursing program is designed to give frontline nurses the tools they need to advocate for their safety and well-being during the COVID-19 pandemic. Nurses may receive four CEUs at no cost, thanks to funding from our generous donors. For more information, email us at frontlinenursing@usf. at USF Edu. This is the podcast that frontline nurses need.